This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, I'm Trinidad Santos, and I'm here with fellow producer Andy Domic. Hi, Andy. How are you? Hey, Trinidad. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So Andy and I were talking, and he told me a little story that I think would be really good for you guys to hear. Sure. Well, it, like a lot of my uh, random stories, this starts out with a very weird talent that I have, and uh, it actually involves making balloon animals. And it's a skill that I kind of forgot that I had up until recently. And I was at a uh, children's, I can't remember exactly what it was, some sort of event. And it was in my, my town of West Sacramento, where I live. And I was making balloon animals as part of a, a tabling event for some, a club I'm in. And before the event, my kids had asked me, you know, hey, dad, can we come with you while you make balloon animals? We can wander around. And I thought, you know, I'm not really going to be able to keep an eye on you. So why don't you guys stay home? And about halfway through the event, I'm making balloon animals and I all of a sudden hear a pop, 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 pop. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, geez, how did all my balloons pop at once? And I realized it wasn't balloons. It was gunfire. There was a drive by. People were running. And the first thought that went through my head was, I'm so glad that I didn't let my kids come with me today because I just, that's, that's horrific to me to think about. It was traumatic and nobody was hurt as far as I know. I don't know where the person who shot that gun got that gun, but that's why I'm so glad today that we were able to sit down with Assemblymember Friedman and her guests uh, to talk about her one of her bills to uh, uh, help stop gun violence. Hey, that, that sounds really on point uh, as a story about gun violence prevention. Um, so we actually sat down with Assemblymember Friedman and, uh, and two guests. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what we learned from them? Sure. Uh, Assemblymember Friedman invited Donna Finkelstein with uh, Women Against Gun Violence and Rowan Thibault with Students Demand Action. And they had a great conversation about uh, keeping guns out of the hands of kids, about safe storage, about California's law that requires uh, if you own a gun, it has to be locked up. And what her bill does is requires school districts and other educational organizations to uh, send notes home with kids to their parents, reminding them of their responsibilities under the law. It was a really great conversation. So I'm Assemblymember Laura Friedman. I represent the 43rd Assembly District, which includes parts of Los Angeles, Glendale and Burbank, and La Cunada Flintridge in the Crescenta Valley. And I became uh, involved in this issue of gun safety because I'm the mom of an eight-year-old child who goes to public school. And I worry about her, of course, all the time because I'm a mom and that's what moms do. And one thing that moms in this country shouldn't have to worry about is gun violence. But unfortunately, that's the reality that we live in. And what was shocking to me was to find out that 75% of school shootings are facilitated because kids have access to firearms. Kids have access to guns that they find in their own homes or in their friends' parents' homes or in a family member's homes that are unsecured for a variety of reasons. And far too often, those guns are used against those children's friends, uh, against themselves in the case of suicide, uh, sometimes there are shootings that are purely accidental, and sometimes they're deliberate. But in all cases, they're shootings that should never have happened because those children should never have been able to get their hands on firearms and on weapons in their home. 
So when I was approached about uh, taking this topic on, I didn't, didn't hesitate. Um, and I have been very pleased with the response that we've had so far with this legislation, with people from all political stripes and all persuasions supporting this bill because they know that it's a common sense approach to gun safety. Explaining to parents their legal rights and their moral rights to make sure that if they have a firearm in their home, that's in, it's in a place where no child could get get ever get their hands on it. And that's what this bill is about. And reminding parents that putting a gun in a shoebox in the top of their closet is no way to ensure that a teenager or a middle school student is not gonna find that weapon. So this is a way that we can remind parents of their obligations and of the law and hopefully save lives in the process. And with that, I would like our guests to, to one by one introduce themselves and talk about why this is an important issue to them. Hi, uh, my name is Donna Finkelstein and um, 22 years ago, my daughter Mindy, 16 years old at the time was shot and wounded at the Jewish Community Center. Um, a gunman came in to kill Jews. So with that, I threw myself into doing what I needed to do to prevent any other parent to live this nightmare. And um, that's my personal involvement. Professionally, I'm a high school counselor and um, I am a retired counselor from one high school and I currently work at another high school part-time. And, I and I'm a member of the, uh, on the board of Women Against Gun Violence as well as a Brady member for a long, long time. And I was, was instrumental in getting LAUSD to pass the resolution to send home parental notification about safe gun storage. Well, thank you so much for your advocacy and for your involvement and for telling your story, because I think that definitely brings it home to people. Uh, Roan, thanks so much for being here. Can you talk about your involvement? Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Rowan Thibault. I use he, him pronouns, and I go to Crescenta Valley High School in La Crescenta. Uh, I'm one of your constituents, uh, and our school is actually lucky enough to already have a safe storage resolution, thanks to the work of Moms Demand Action and Students Demand Action volunteers. Um, our organizations together have made sure that over 2 million students across the country are already receiving these life-saving letters with information on how to securely store guns. And I think it's just incredible that we have the opportunity to expand that beyond 2 million students and to every single student in California. Um, I'm the group leader of the Students Demand Action Club at my school, and I'm also part of the National Advisory Board. Um, so uh, I've had a lot of experience uh, with um, these kind of safe storage resolutions, and I've seen the impact that they've had. Um, I, I originally became involved in gun violence prevention after the Parkland shooting. Um, back when I was in middle school. Uh, I remember at the time when I had first heard about it, I actually wasn't really that shocked. I didn't feel much of anything at all. But when I got home, uh, my grandparents who were visiting us from Ireland uh, were watching us, uh, were watching the TV on CNN and just watching in horror of like that these kind of events are happening in the US and they never happen in Ireland where they're from. And that's when it really struck me that this is a uniquely American issue and something that we need to uh, and something that we need to address. Thank you. And the statistics are really shocking when it comes to the connection between access to handguns and, and other weapons and 
violence in the schools. As I said before, 75% of school shootings are facilitated by kids having access to unsecured or unsupervised guns in their own home. 87% of kids know where their parents' guns are kept. And 60% of them have handled that when their parents aren't around. So if you're a parent with a gun at home, think about that. Over 80% of teenagers who commit suicide use a gun that belonged to someone else in their household. And every day, this is every single day in America, eight children or teenagers are shot in instances of family fire. A shooting, involve, a shooting involving an improperly stored or a misused gun found in the home resulting in injury and death. That's unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable. And the very least we can do is make sure through the programs we already have at our schools that do outreach to parents, that we use those programs and that avenue to remind parents of these statistics and of their legal and moral responsibility that if they have a gun in their home, it's locked, locked to where a child or a teenager absolutely cannot access that weapon. No parent should wonder when their child goes on a sleepover whether another child's going to be playing with a gun or showing off a gun. No parent should get the phone call that their child was shot or in a lockdown in school because another parent neglected to keep a gun locked up. No parent should have to suffer the loss of a child because someone else didn't realize that their child was having a mental crisis and had access to a gun. No parent should find out that their own child took their life because of their gun that was improperly stored. No one should have to live with that for the rest of their days. And that's all avoidable if people just locked their guns up and made sure that their child didn't have access to it. So that's what this bill tries to do is inform people of the importance of those safe storage laws that are already on the books. And if you're listening to this and it's something that makes sense to you and is important to you, Please let your representatives know how important this is. Make sure that they support this legislation so that we can make sure that every parent is educated. And that's all that this bill does is educate people about their legal responsibilities. A lot of gun violence prevention bills do not get anywhere near bipartisan support. This seems different. Why do you think that is? I think that my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, my Republican colleagues recognize that this is something that's lacking, that people don't seem to understand their legal responsibilities. They understand that this is a problem. I don't think anybody could hear these statistics and think it's not a problem. The fact that we have eight children a day being shot in this country because they have access to guns in the home or someone's playing with a gun in their household should be a wake up call to everybody. And I don't think that anybody, Republican or Democrat, thinks it's okay for a child to be able to find an unsecured gun in their home. And so we have seen bipartisan support for this legislation, and I, I'm proud to, to, to say that that's been the case. I'm very hopeful that this bill makes it through the process and gets funded. It's, it's easy to do, and if it even saves one life, if it even gets one parent to lock up a gun where they haven't been doing that, it will have been a success. So I wanted to add a few things um, because I personally have gone through the process at a school site. There's no cost. I mean, it's a piece of paper, um, but it's an important piece of paper. Um, right now with LAUSD, this 
one piece of paper is in the handbook and each handbook goes out to every child in the school. And, you know, you just hope that a parent is reading it. Through the years, what I've been doing also is I talk to parent groups, young parents, about play date. It's the same thing. If you're going to send your kids to a, to a, a home, you ask if there's a pool in the backyard. And if there's a pool, how is it locked? So you need to be comfortable with this issue, which I don't understand why it wouldn't be. Um, you, if you're sending your daughter to it or a son to a, a house, you need to ask the question, hey, do you have guns in the home? And if you do, how are they stored? In addition to all of this, what I do as well is in my local district, because LAUSD is very large, I speak to the, at the counselor meetings. So I, I can speak to hundreds of counselors. And, you know, we're a lot of times we're the first line of defense. We see a troubled, troubled student and um, we need to ask the question uh, with the parent, uh, is there a gun in the home? And in fact, this just happened recently uh, in an IEP and um, the, the student was not doing well emotionally. And the parent was asked, is there a gun in the home? And he said, yes. And the follow-up question was, well, how is it stored? And someone at the meeting said, well, he would never do that. Well, okay. So there can't, I, I, I don't, there's no reason not to pass this legislation. It only protects our kids. And that's as parents, that's what we're here to do is, is provide a safe environment. And that it seems to happen so often, the parents don't understand necessarily what the teenager's going through. Uh, because teenagers can be very closed about their emotions. And uh, certainly I, I would think that pretty much anyone who has a teenager who either took their own life or took someone else's life would say that they never saw it coming. So the idea that you would keep a, a gun that's accessible by any child in your home or any teenager in your home, is it's, it's irresponsible. And these are weapons that have the ability to kill. That's what they're designed for. And this is already a legal responsibility and uh, we need to remind, I think, remind parents about the statistics, about these really sad statistics, and that it could happen to anybody. And I think just adding on to uh, what you guys are mentioning about all these statistics, um, a, a study has estimated that if half, if just half of households with children that contain uh, an unlocked gun switch to locking all their guns, over a third of youth gun suicides could be prevented. That's over 250 lives in a single year. So this legislation really is absolutely essential. People want this. Parents want this. Absolutely. We have to do it. Absolutely. And it really is mothers and uh, teen teenagers themselves, students themselves, that are the ones who are really asking for safer uh, and sensible gun legislation. Uh, people who are um, the potential victims being, unfortunately, our students, and then the parents are wanting to know that their kids are going every day to a safe environment. And school shootings, the fact that that's even a thing in this country is an abomination, that there's a, a name for it. Uh, this is not something that happened when I was a child. It's a new phenomena, and it happens all the time. It's almost become normalized. And we need to take that seriously. This is a crisis, and we need to act like it's a crisis. And it is, like you said, Rowan, it's completely unacceptable. It doesn't happen in other countries and we should not normalize this. We shouldn't think that this is just something that happens because it's not. 
there were over uh, 200 school shootings last year alone in 2021. That's one of the highest years on record. Um, and as Donna was saying, um, many of those are because of parents like the uh, shooting in Michigan who were not storing their guns properly. Obviously those parents in Michigan uh, had something deeper to them, but uh, many of those shootings as a result of um, poor gun storage are from parents who don't even know that that's something that they should be doing. More than half of parents do not store their guns securely. And that's something that's just a matter of awareness. By making sure that parents know that this is something that they should be doing, we can truly save lives, so. The assembly member mentioned um, a, uh, the, the need for school to be a safe space. And, you know, we bring up all the, the kids that are shot and how, how awful that is, and it is truly awful. And one of the other things that goes along with that, though, is the trauma for those who weren't shot, but those who are worried about being shot or worried about their friends being shot. And maybe as a counselor, Donna, could you touch on that, the, the trauma aspect of it, what these kids are, are seeing and feeling today? Um, with the students, they, they can't concentrate. They're, they're failing their classes. They're misbehaving in school. They're acting out. They become um, foster kids. I mean, it, it is, it, it's huge. And they want to talk. Kids want to talk about this. And they're afraid. They're afraid to go out in their own communities. Um, and they see it all the time, especially the kids who are in certain neighborhoods. It's, it's awful. Uh, at my school, we had a shooting scare during my sophomore year two years ago. Uh, luckily, it wasn't a real gun. It was just uh, an RTC kid who I guess had a little too much fun. But um, we were on lockdown for two hours and just that feeling of knowing what, of just not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing whether your friends are going to come out alive or whether you're going to come out, out alive. That's something that sticks with you, even if you're not directly impacted. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and you know, you're right. Uh, I have also heard that because of COVID, the stress was so intense in a lot of students with the year out of school that a lot of kids are facing mental mental health issues right now, the anxiety, the stress, being separated from their peers, maybe the stress that their parents were facing, uh, putting extra stress on them, uh, the trauma of having people close to them die of COVID or get seriously mm -hmm. ill. Mm -hmm. And all of that uh, can certainly lead to acting out or violence and violent tendencies. So a child who maybe was very stable two years ago may not be right now, maybe in a crisis that they're not communicating with their parents or to anybody in their school. So even more reason to make sure that weapons and firearms are kept out of that child's hands. Um, so California uh, has some of the strictest gun laws in the United States. How would, how would you all say that California compares um, to other states in regards to gun violence prevention? Um, California has been a leader in gun violence prevention. Uh, Students Demand Action, uh, which is part of Everytown, uh, we recently uh, released a report uh, ranking all 50 states on the strength of their gun laws, and California was actually ranked number one. And along with that, we have one of the bottom 10 rates of gun violence in the country. Uh, we are truly a leader on this, but the work is never done. Uh, and that's why uh, Assemblymember Friedman's legislation, as long as a couple, along with a couple other bills that we're advocating for this session, are so essential. I recently had a, a, a discussion with uh, someone and and they were comparing the statistics of why California has, has so many more gun deaths than other states. Well, we're the largest state in the nation. 
Um, so on, yes, we have wonderful gun laws, but everyone, you know, a lot of people are skirting around it and they're making with the 3D gun and, and things like that. Um, but, you know, my focus in all these years is just pre is prevention. So you, you can't measure prevention, uh, but I also want to focus on, I know the media focuses on school shootings, but every single day we lose eight to 10 kids but from gun violence. And that's the, that is a sad, sad statistic. Yeah, I wanna thank Donna for bringing that up because that really is such a great point that uh, uh, mass shootings that make the news are only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to our gun violence epidemic. I, a lot of people at my school uh, like are actually a little less worried about gun violence right now because of COVID, because there hasn't actually been that many shootings that have made the news. Um, but at the same time, gun violence is actually up, uh, especially gun suicides, as Donna was mentioning. And at our school, we're still reeling from a couple gun suicide, uh, gun suicides a couple years ago. It really is something that can have a long-lasting effect on our communities. The fact that we have so many deaths still, and so many suicides, and so many accidental shootings that are purely the result of a child getting their hands on an unsecured gun shows that the low-hanging fruit of gun violence is access. It's the fact that parents should be locking up their guns, which you would think would be the easiest, simplest thing to do. And just doing that would save thousands of lives in this country. Thank you both for being here with us today. It's really uh, important to have you here and your voices are going to be more important than mine as we go out and explain why this uh, legislation is important and why this issue is something everyone should be thinking of. So thank you. Thank you very much for, for writing this bill. I just want to say again, like Donna, thank you uh, for championing this legislation. I think this podcast is called uh, How California is Leading the Nation, and this truly will be leading the nation. I hope it can be an example for other states. I hope you're right, Roan, and other states do follow suit. Thank you to Assemblymember Friedman and her two guests for joining us today and letting us be part of this informative discussion on gun violence prevention. We were also able to talk to someone who knows a lot about the subject, Sarah Kirby Gonzalez. She's a local teacher and school board member, and she has a fair bit of experience on this topic. My name is Sarah Kirby Gonzalez, and I have been an educator for about 17 years, fifth grade teacher currently. And I also serve as an elected official on the school board in the community where I live, which is West Sacramento on Washington Unified School Board. And I have been doing that for about eight years. Um, I think that my awareness around gun safety really hit when I was in the classroom and got the news of Sandy Hook. And I was forever changed as a teacher, as I know many of my colleagues were with Columbine and also with Sandy Hook. And it changed the way that we did everything with teaching in terms of the first place I look when we're in an assembly is where the doors are. And um, when we go on a field trip, the first thing we think about are how we can make sure that we keep our kids safe. I started following what the Sandy Hook parents were doing, the Sandy Hook Promise, years ago, the advocacy that they were um, leading to try to make change in policy and, but didn't see a connection of how we could make that change in the boardroom really until a group of moms, Moms Man Action 
um, came to us in West Sacramento and started talking about some really tangible things we could do. And that was getting out information about um, firearm safety and firearm storage. Full disclosure, my wife was one of the moms that she's going to talk about here. We have, again, a fantastic group of parents in West Sacramento who were ready to tackle this head on. And they came to school board meetings and they presented to us uh, the facts around gun violence, um, particularly around our youth. and gave just an incredible presentation. They also brought to us, which was so important, models of different letters, different resolutions uh, that we could adopt. And together we crafted one that went out to the community. Our resolution uh, included having gun safety information in a handbook that parents would sign, that making sure that they were aware of the laws around um, being responsible gun owner, if they so choose to have guns in their home and also a letter that would be crafted by our superintendent to go out to the community as well. And that went out earlier this school year, we got it out and I've had nothing but positive things from parents. In fact, recently I was talking to a parent on the street and about um, kids playing in each other's homes. And the conversation now is much more normalized about do you have guns in your home? And if you do, are they secured? And those are conversations that we want our families and, and our students to have and to be more open about it. And so that's one of the really positive impacts that I've seen since we adopted the resolution and have the communication go out to the community. Sarah is no stranger to firearms. In fact, she grew up around them. I grew up um, with a father who was a registered gun owner. And my father went to get through his medical school. He restored old um Revolutionary War muskets, and so um, I, we, he had these old guns up, you know, hanging up on our beams, and he also had, um, he was a doctor for the United States shooting team, and so he had one of the shotguns there and would shoot a ski trap off the, the back of our house. We lived with no neighbors around over the canyon, so I did grow up around guns, um, but I grew up. Um, with guns that were secured and guns that were locked and um, clear training around how to use a gun. I have chosen not to be a gun owner, but my husband is. He's been in law enforcement for many years now. And before he even comes in the house, his gun is secured into our safe. And so it is not around our children and they don't know how to access uh, that gun. And then as an educator, I have experienced uh, gun violence at the school where I teach. We unfortunately um, had a youth die of um, suicide um, on our campus after school hours. And in the community I represent here in Washington Unified, we've also been impacted um, by youth violence and um, by suicide with guns that were not secure. In my classroom, the flag sits, um, I can't see the flag outside of my classroom unless it's at half staff, uh, which it is um, oftentimes after gun violence. And I've seen it more times than I can tell you when I've been in my classroom and students have asked. Um, and it's a really um, heartbreaking conversation to have as a, as a teacher and as a mother and uh, knowing that these are preventable things and knowing that there are ways to keep our guns safe and out of um, our youth hands. So I'm, I'm just, I'm very grateful 
for all of the organizations and all the individuals that are working hard to create um, change and bring awareness. Um, and it's all bipartisan in terms of keeping your guns safe and locking them up. We also asked how she talks about gun violence with the kids that she teaches. I ended up turning off my phone notifications. I used to always get the news coming through and I stopped doing that because it's too hard to be in a classroom with students and be getting this type of news when you're um, seeing their faces. But we have had conversations about um, gun violence in our room and talking about, in some cases, um, hate as well. And um, they're hard conversations to have. And the students know we do talk about if you ever see a gun, you need to make sure to talk to an adult. And I have those conversations with them that is the same language that is in the resolution that we've passed in West Sacramento, um, which is really that guns should be safely secured. We have a variety of different homes and experiences that our kids come to us with. And I certainly have students who um, go in and shoot targets with their family at the shooting range and um, are very experienced with guns in their home um, and in terms of have been educated as well as safe storage and others who have never seen a gun. And so conversations around what to do if you see a gun and alerting an adult, those are, I teach 10 year olds and we're able to have good conversations and they're able to reason with that, um, that, um, that you should not touch a gun if you see it, you should go and alert an adult if it's unsecure. And others who um, are taking gun safety training classes are also a good resource to sometimes talk to the students about that and the work that they have done to uh, maybe go to the, the range with their parents and the training class that they have gone through with gun safety. I do have a lot of hope. I think that uh, the, this approach, Moms Demand Action, of really having the conversation, making it okay to talk about gun storage and starting there, I think is a really smart place to be. Uh, as a father, I'd like to thank Sarah Kirby Gonzalez, who is one of uh, my kids' uh, school district trustees. And as a, as a producer of Look West, I'd like to thank her for sharing her story here. And thank you to Assemblymember Laura Friedman, Donna Finkelstein, and Ron Thibault for agreeing to be here on this Look West podcast. I'm here with my colleague, Andy Domic, and I'm Trinidad Santos, and this is Look West. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west.